Thanksgiving can easily be done for the wrong reasons. In our 700 seconds, we will continue our series of listening to Psalms of Thanksgiving. In this episode, we will hear in the 50th Psalm what the right reasons for giving thanks should include. I hope that we will be encouraged to give thanks to the Lord even when we notice that there are others who are giving thanks for the wrong reasons. May the Lord lead us into a thanksgiving that resembles that of the natural world rather than the thanksgiving of the wicked. You're listening to 700 Seconds in a Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. This is a production of djbiblecoaching.com. Let's turn to today's psalm and dive in. If you have ever found yourself in a group who are praising God and you really did not feel like joining them in giving thanks, but did it anyway, you know that it is easy to give thanks for the wrong reasons. The 50th Psalm invites us to evaluate why we give thanks. The psalm is a mizmor of Asaph, which means that it plucks at those being gathered together. The psalm offers clues as to the occasion for the gathering as well. The psalm mentions offerings to seek revelation, to give thanks, and to fulfill vows. These are offerings that would have carried with them the prayers of the people, with the hope that God would receive those prayers and respond in favor. These are also offerings that would have been collected by religious and judicial leaders. In the biblical text, these prayerful interactions with God are encouraged, and yet the motives for the offerings can be false. These motives are plucked in this psalm to hear if they resonate with what the Lord desires the motives to be. The psalm mentions the El of the Elohim, which is a title for the judge over the councils that are ruling over God's people. Thankfully, the Lord is in this position as the supreme judge over all rulers who are themselves judging the motives of the people. The psalm encourages leaders to discern accurately whether those in the gatherings have pure motives when giving thanks. Before addressing the motives of the people directly, the psalm begins with the motives of nature. In nature, the heavens and the earth respond well when God speaks. When the Lord calls to the earth, it responds. From morning to night, there is a perfect beauty that comes from God and that shines. When God comes to the earth and speaks, the psalm mentions the earth's response by describing a fire that rages. Such a fire could purify what is valuable or devour what is perishable. The earth even responds in the psalm by gathering God's people together, at God's command, of course. And while the heavens might be over the earth, the heavens respond in the same way. When the Lord calls to the heavens, they also respond from sunrise to sunset. When God comes to the heavens and speaks, the psalm mentions a whirlwind swirling in response. Such a whirlwind could sweep away the dirt that has accumulated on surfaces, or such a whirlwind could strip away the flimsiness on unstable structures. The psalm indicates that God is above the heavens, and at God's call, The heavens respond by declaring the righteousness of God. What we can hear in the beginning of the psalm is how the earth and the heavens naturally respond in gratitude for the communication God gives. Perhaps this degree of response in nature might judge you and me. 
For it is true that God has communicated with humanity from the beginning and through each era of scripture, and God continues to communicate today. Yet how frequently do we obey and respond with thanksgiving? If the earth and the heavens were to judge us, we might not measure up. Even those who profess to be loyal to God and have made a loving commitment to God and are offering thanksgiving to God could be doing all of it for the wrong reasons. The psalm offers five reasons for giving thanks to God that come from wrong motives. The first reason involves thinking that God needs the offering of thanksgiving. God tells God's people it is not because God is hungry or needs their animals that God invites them to bring a Thanksgiving meal to God. If God did need the food, God could easily get it on God's own. The same goes for any gift that we might give, like money or time or words. God has plenty of these and does not need them. To think that God does need them is foolish and leads us to believe that we can manipulate God by giving God something God needs so that we can get something from God that we need. It does not work that way. Thanksgiving benefits us more than it benefits God. This leads us to a second reason for giving thanks that comes from wrong motives. The second reason is to give thanks so that we can do what we want. When God speaks to the wicked, God confesses that they are recounting God's decrees and speaking about the commitments that they have made to God. And yet, the reasons for doing these involve the assumption that these actions would enable them to do whatever they want. The psalm mentions actions like stealing and adultery both of which involve taking what is desired. Giving thanks does not enable one to take whatever one desires. Giving thanks to God is not a free pass to disregard God's instructions. The best thanksgiving is always about what is given, not about what is taken. The third reason for giving thanks that comes from wrong motives is similar to the second, but rather than actions, it involves words. The psalm mentions hurling harmful speech and fastening fraudulent words. So the picture here is of one giving thanks with one's mouth and then using that same mouth to hurt others. When our voices are used for both giving thanks and bringing harm to others, it reveals that our thanksgiving is not truly genuine. If we were truly thankful to God for the ability to communicate, we would communicate in ways that God desires. The fourth reason for giving thanks that comes from wrong motives is also similar to the second and third, but focuses instead on the relationships of those closest to us. The psalm describes squashing siblings and even half-siblings. Having the same parent means a close proximity that can lead to disagreements. Yet when we attack those closest to us, are we truly giving thanks to God for them? How can we give thanks to God for siblings and moments later treat them like we wish they had never existed? If we are not expressing thanksgiving well for our family members whom we can see and touch, how well can we truly express our thanksgiving for God whom we cannot see and touch? The ways in which we give thanks to God will most likely resemble the ways in which we give thanks to those who are closest to us. This brings us to the fifth reason for giving thanks that comes from wrong motives. This reason is actually at the center of the other four. We can give thanks for the wrong reasons when we think God is like us. 
In the psalm, the wicked claimed to be truly giving thanks, and yet were violating God's desires, and God remained silent. Naturally, the wicked would think that silence equals condoning. After all, if someone was threatening the wicked, they would lash out in speech and action to communicate their disapproval. Why wouldn't God do the same? The wicked use power for their own advantage to compel others to give them what they want. Why wouldn't God do the same? The wicked would not care about pure motives when receiving gifts of gratitude from others and bestowing favor in return. Why wouldn't God do the same? The assumption here is that God treats us like we treat others. This thought is wrong because God is not like us. God is not motivated like we are. God is not self-focused or greedy like we are. God is not hypocritical like we are. God is not like us. Rather than treating us as we deserve or like we treat others, God gives us more and more grace. God responds to the wicked who give thanks for the wrong reasons and gives them more reasons to give thanks. God sets their wrong deeds right in front of their eyes so that they cannot look past them and have to deal with them. God then pleads with them to consider what God has done for them. And God warns them of the destruction that will come to those who disregard God's words. Moreover, God reminds them that God can deliver them if they truly want that salvation. These are gifts from God. And actually, the giving of thanks is a gift as well. There is so much that thanksgiving does to benefit us, and the psalm ends with two of those benefits. The psalm mentions that a good reason to give thanks is glorifying God. When we truly desire to bring God glory, God is pleased with our thanksgiving. It is like a parent who receives a note from a child. What parent would not be pleased when that child has done the very best the child could to express love and gratitude? Like a parent, God beams with joy when we do our best to express our love and gratitude. God is also joyful when we give thanks to show others God's salvation. God desires that all will be saved, both the righteous and the wicked who can become righteous. When our thanksgiving expresses the salvation that is available to all, that is a good reason for giving thanks, and that pleases God immensely. To glorify God and to show salvation are the motives that God desires when we give thanks. And those reasons reveal to us the gift of thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving can remind us of the glory that God offers to us and the salvation that God brings us. Thanksgiving can fill us with joy at who God is and what God has been doing for us. Giving thanks for the right reasons can raise up those of us who are giving thanks, the wicked who see our thanksgiving, the gathering who join our thanksgiving, the leaders who collect our thanksgiving, and God who enables our thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a gift. Thanksgiving raises up all of us. And that is what is captured in the word Selah, to raise or lift up. So let us lift up thanksgiving to God for the right reasons, even now, as we join in this song of thanksgiving. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons all the earth. Gather to me, my consecration. 
The clip from that song was used with permission from the Sons of Korra. The Sons of Korra are band members based out of Australia who hope to provide a fresh voice for the biblical psalms. It is the belief of the Sons of Korah that, and I quote, For the church today, the Psalms present a deep and rich spiritual well for prayer and worship. The Sons of Korah invite their listeners to discover through their music the way in which the Psalms can impact our lives today. If you would like to go deeper into the formation of this band and the songs that they have produced, I encourage you to visit their website at sonsofkorah.com. The name of the group, Sons of Korah, is itself a testimony to the ways God can purify the wicked and bring them pure motives for giving thanks. In the biblical text, the name Korah connects with those who rebel against God's appointed leaders and are swallowed up in a sinkhole after repeated defiance against God, as described in number 16. Yet in God's mercy and over time, God transformed the descendants of Korah and even appointed some of Korah's descendants to lead worship at the tabernacle and the temple and compose psalms of thanksgiving. The descendants of Korah are connected with various psalms such as 42 to 49 and 84 to 88, where thanks are given to God. And truly, that biblical family had many reasons for giving thanks, especially since God did not wipe out their line. Instead, God transformed them. Unlike their ancestor, who used his words to rebel against God, the descendants used their words to offer thanksgiving for what God has done. God can do the same for us and our families if we are willing for God to transform us so that we might give thanks for the right reasons. Thanks for joining us for 700 Seconds in the Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. If you would like to have episodes delivered to you as they are released, then you can subscribe to the channel or at djbiblecoaching.com.